Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. God is good. Yeah, I wouldn't be where I am today without my amazing husband. And that's true. He's not only been a wonderful husband, the love of my life, but he's also been a very um, important spiritual leader in my life. I've grown in my faith and my walk with the Lord because of him, and I, I truly honor him as my husband, and I'm, I'm truly blessed. But it's an honor to be here with you today. I'm excited to bring the word of God today. God has given me a word I believe will touch each and every one in one way or another. Are you ready today? Come on, fasten your seatbelts because God is up to something good. I know he is here. I know he's in the house. And I'm really believing that God's going to move in your heart today. That's my prayer. So how many of you want to ask you today have had promises from the Lord? Amen. Can we all say amen? We have been given promises. We've been given prophetic words. We've had things the Lord has spoken to us. If you're a believer for any length of time, I'm sure as you open the word, God speaks to you. Amen. I love the word of God. That's one of my passions this year is to really even go deeper into the word of God. That's my uh, one thing that I said this year. I'm just going to go for the word. You know, sometimes God calls us to pray. I mean, we always pray. Amen. We always pray. But this year for me, I am going deeper into the word of God. Why? Because he sent his word and healed us. Amen. His word is powerful. If you're not in the word of God, I encourage you to get in the word of God. Come on. When we go through battles, when we're walking through stuff, I just put the word of God on and I meditate on the word of God. I just play it on my TV or through my speaker and I just meditate as I pray and go about my day because the word of God. God is so powerful, but I know we have promises from God, but how do we go from the promises of God to possessing the promises, amen? How do we go from point A to point B? If you've been walking with the Lord for any length of time, you may know that promises and prophetic words always don't come very quickly. Hmm. We have to persist. We have to get up and really seek the Lord until we see the cloud the size of a man's hand, amen, like Elisha did. He saw the cloud, and he said, okay, I know it's on its way. We have promises. We have prophetic words, but God wants us to take us from having the promises, having the prophetic words, to seeing it fulfilled in our life, amen? So as I was praying and preparing for this word, I asked the Lord, you know, what would you like me to call and title my message? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, dare to dream. Would you dare to dream again? Would you dare to reimagine with me? We had a prophetic word about a year ago. And the, pro the prophetic um, person that God used, he said, would you dare to reimagine with me? 
Would you not just imagine, but would you reimagine those things that God has shown you? Would you dare to dream again and believe that even though it's been maybe years or a long time and it seems like nothing is ever going to shift, would you dare to dream again? So I was thinking and I was praying about that, and I said, Lord, what does it mean to dare to dream? So I Googled. <laughs> I love Google. And I... I just found this, and it says, I so it means to have courage and confidence to pursue your aspirations and goals, even if they seem difficult or unlikely. It encourages people to envision a better future for themselves and take, this is important, the necessary steps to make those dreams a reality. It's about embracing hope. Would you have hope again today? Would you dare to have hope? I might add, though, you know, sometimes our dreams aren't always God's dreams. Sometimes our desires aren't always what he desires for us. So we need to have that space alone with the Lord that we can hear his voice. You know, it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I've learned that delighting myself in the Lord, as I delight in the Lord, he changes my desires. Sometimes the things I used to desire, I don't even desire anymore. Sometimes the things I used to think he had for me, I now realize it's not in his plan. So would you dare to dream today? Come on. So I'm going to share a story today found in 2 Kings chapter 4. And for those of you who know the story, it's the Shunammite woman. I love her story. Her story has been my story in so many ways. I have come back to it again and again over the years of serving the Lord, and it has inspired me never to give up. When things look bleak, I run to the Lord because I know he has good things in store for me. Turn to your neighbor and say, would you dream again? Come on, would you dream again? Come on, we need to challenge ourselves. Ask yourself. Would I dare to dream again? So I'm going to begin uh, reading the Shunammite story. 2 Kings 4, verse 8, or 2 Kings, you might say. Hmm. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there and eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room for him on the wall and let us put a bed for him there, a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to his Sorry, then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say to her now, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She said, I dwell among my own people. So he said to her, what then can be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. 
So he said, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And he said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son. When the appointed time come, just like Elisha had told her. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you for all that you're doing, God, and all that you're going to do. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you see each and every one who is here today. You know exactly where they're at, God, and I praise you in Jesus' name for your word. So the story begins by telling us that Elisha went to Shunem, and there was a notable woman there. Some translations say she was a leading woman of the town. She wasn't just an ordinary woman. She was a notable, she was a wealthy woman. And every time he came by, this Shunammite would ask him to come in and have dinner with him. So he would. And then one day, she said to her husband, this is a holy man of God. This is a holy man of God. I discern, so she discerned. We need to discern today, amen? She discerned he was a holy man of God. So she said to her husband, let us build an upper room for him and put a bed and a table and a chair. And every time he passes by, he can come and dine with us and he can rest there. You know, I find it interesting You know how she discerned he was a holy man of God. She discerned that when she was with him, she knew there was something different about him, and she wanted to be with him. So one day, Elisha, he's laying on the bed. He passed by one day, stopped in for dinner again, and he goes up to his room, and he lays on the bed. And he's just probably praying or listening to the Lord. What's God saying? And he said to his servant Gehazi, Call the Shunammite here. I want to talk to her. So she came and she stood before him. And she stood in the doorway. And he asked her, what can I do for you? Come on, I think God is asking you today, what can I do for you? Can you ask yourself that question? Can you let him say that to you today? God is saying, what can I do for you? Can I go to the commander of the army, he said? Can I go to the city officials? But she said, no, I dwell among my own people. I'm good. Come on, how many times do we say when the Lord wants to do something for us, we say, it's all good. I'm good. I don't need anything. There's nothing I need. I'm fine. And so she went away, and the prophet's still laying there, and he's thinking, no, I want to do something. And he said to Gehazi, Isn't there anything we can do for her? Gehazi looked at him and he said, In fact, she doesn't have a son. And her husband's old. She's never had a child. He said, Call the Shunammite. God is calling you today to tap into what he has for you. He wants to deliver the promise. Amen. So she came and she stood in the doorway. And he said, This time next year you will behold a son. Wouldn't you just like, if you had been praying for a child, Glenn and I had the same thing when we were young, couldn't get pregnant, couldn't have a child, the doctor said it's not going to happen, I would have said, yeah, all right, it's going to happen, I believe, but what did she say? She said, don't lie to me. She looked at the man of God and she said, don't lie. 
Don't deceive me. Why did she say that? She said that because like in Proverbs 13, verse 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. And I also like the way the Passion Translation says that when hope's dreams seem to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. Is there anyone here who has felt that? I know I have. I've been there when I thought that things were going to happen and they didn't happen the way I expected them to happen. But then it says the latter part of the verse, but when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. She was at, or my second point is don't give up. Come on. She had given up. She had lost all hope. It seemed like it would never happen, like nothing was ever going to happen. She wouldn't bear a son. She wouldn't have a child. She just reserved herself to say, I'm good. It's all good. Come on. God wants us to possess the promises. He doesn't give us prophetic words. He doesn't give us promises for him not to deliver. But sometimes we have to get serious with God. God is calling us to take that step. Don't give up. So, you know, the word of God, it said she did bear a son. A year later, she's holding that child in her arms. And I can just imagine how excited she was. Her dream was fulfilled. She believed, she didn't, even though she didn't believe, and, but God was merciful. How many times have you been there? You really haven't believed for something. You've maybe, like, given up. But God comes through. Because he wants to show us that he is a God that wants to give good things to his children. It says if we ask for a fish, will he give us a stone? God doesn't want to do that. Even as we, to our natural children, we want to give them good things, amen? We want to give them things that are going to be good for their future, things that will help them, just as God wants to give to you those things that he has promised you. So don't give up. So she has this child. She's enjoying being a mother, I'm sure. But the child grows up, the word of God tells us. He grows up, and then one day he's out in the field with his father. What happens? He runs to his dad, and he said, Dad, my head hurts. You can read the rest of it. It's just following uh, the, the passage that I read. You can read it later. But he said, my head hurts, my head hurts. The father calls for one of the servants, and he said, take him to his mother. Servant takes the boy, the child, to his mom. He, she sits him on his lap, and it says, at noon, he died. What's up with that? What is up with that? Have you ever been given a promise, and you've received the promise, but the enemy has come and snatched it away? I have, and you have to fight again right? God wants us to keep fighting, not, don't just sit back and relax once we receive the promise. Believe that he will do the impossible. So what did she do? My third point is don't give up, get up. Come on, we can't give up, we have to get up. She got up when the child died, and she took her son, and she laid him on Elisha's bed, and she shut the door. She shut the door. She laid him. She got up. Then she called to her husband and said, Bring me a servant and a donkey, for I'm going to the man of God today. 
what did he say? He's like, why are you going today? It's not the holy day. It's not the Sabbath. Why are you going to the man of God today? And listen to what she says. She says, it is well. It is well. And I'm like, my son died. Promise that I was given, would I say it as well? What does, it, and so I looked it up. What does it mean? It means shalom. It means the peace of God. It means nothing broken. Come on. She was saying, it doesn't look good, but it is well because I have the peace of God. That's what we need to understand today. When things are, the, you know, going in our life the way we don't plan, the way we don't expect, when troubles come, when trials come, maybe you're sick in body, and you say, what is going on? But you say, it is well. Why is it well? Because I believe the word of God. I believe the word of the Lord. I believe what he said. I'm not going to give up. So she gets up. She calls for the servant. He brings the donkey, and she saddled the donkey. She got up on the donkey. She said, don't slacken the pace. I'm going to the man of God today. Come on, sometimes we need to get up. We need to take action. And we need to go to God in heaven. We know the man of God was a prophetic man, but he was God's spokesman at that time. Amen? He spoke for God. So she said, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to the man of God. That's what we need to do today. We need to say, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seek his face until I receive the word of God. So she gets up and she says, don't slacken the pace. Don't be slack in concerning his promises. Amen? Don't be slack. Don't let it go by. Come on, if you've given up, I'm here to, to say today, God is still God. He hasn't changed. He's the same. God still wants to do for you what he promised you. God wants to fulfill his promises in your life. But you might say, well, I, I let that opportunity slip by. God will give you another opportunity. God will open another door. We've been there. We've been through things. I'm not here standing here acting like I have it all together. I don't have it all together. But with him, I can say, with God, it is well. He's with me. I have the peace of God. And when I need help, I reach out to him, and he is there, and he always delivers. So don't give up. Get up. Come on, we need to get up. So as she's hurrying along to see the man of God, Elisha, he looks out on the horizon, and he says to Gehazi, that's the Shunammite woman. And I'm like, that's interesting. That caused me to pause. You know, when we've been with God, he knows who we are. He recognizes us. He sees us from afar. Even when we backslide, even when we fall away from God, he still sees you. He's still calling you. His arms are still open. He wants to receive you today. But he says, that's the Shunammite. Run ahead. Ask her, is it well with her? Is it well with her husband? Is it well with her son? It is well. She says it is well. It is well. It's okay because I know God is going to come through. She tasted and she's seen what God had done in the past. She's not giving up this time. She is now a woman of faith. I'm going to stand in the gap and I'm going to pray. You know, we've had things happen in our family and particularly one situation which was very difficult, things we never thought would ever occur. And I remember people saying to me, just stop praying. 
you put them in the hands of the Lord, it's going to be okay. And so after a while, you get tired sometimes, especially when you do things in your own strength, right? You get worn out. And I'm like, yep, that's for me. I'm not going to pray. It's in God's hands. And you know what happened? Things got worse. I'm like, whoa. Okay, so this isn't working for me. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, God. I'm coming back to you, God. And then I cried out again, and I saw God's hand turn things around. Come on, we have to. Keep going back. Keep going back. Keep showing up at church. Keep coming. Keep in community. Community is so important. So finally, she gets to the man of God. And what does she do? She falls at his feet. And she won't let go. She won't let go. And Elisha, he said, I don't know what's wrong. God has hidden it from me. God hasn't shown me what is wrong. You know, sometimes being in ministry for years, you have people come forward and you pray for them. And they'll say, tell me what God's saying. Have you ever had that if you're a leader? Tell me what the Holy Spirit's saying. I'm like, tell me what you're going through, you know. Sometimes, you know, we don't, we're not omnipotent. We don't know everything. Come on, that's your job is to tell God what you need. Tell God, it's your job. You know, we can't rely on man. So, you know, I've learned, don't run to the phone, run to the throne. Come on, how many people, you know, you have good friends, you have loved ones that you can go to, but what can they really do for you? Yeah, they can pray for you, but you know what I've learned? Sometimes in the most difficult seasons, when, especially being in leadership, you don't really go and tell everybody all your stuff. But I can do that with God because he's a friend that sticks closer than any brother. So don't run to the phone. Run to the throne. Yes, we need one another. We can pray for one another, and that's important. But she went to the man of God, and she laid hold of his feet. So the next point is don't let go. Don't let go of God. Come on, God wants us to hang on until we see the miracle happen, until we see things shift. Sometimes we see things shift, and then we back off again. I've done it. Oh, well, it's changed. Next thing you know... No, it's not changed. We have to keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. So she says to the man of God, did I ask you for a son? Did I ask you? Did I say, do not deceive me? Don't lie? And, you know, like imagine saying that to the man of God. Don't lie to me. Don't deceive me. Why did you let this happen? Why did you give me back hope only to take it away from me? Did you lie to me? Am I cursed? Have you ever thought that? What have I done wrong? Sometimes the enemy just wants to have a heyday in your life. He wants to wreak havoc in your life. He wants you to get off the path of faith. Come on. He doesn't care if you're a nominal believer. He doesn't. He's like, you don't have to worry about them. But when you're on fire for God and you want what God has for you and you're going into his presence and you're hearing his voice, he gets scared. I had a week that was, I'll tell you, off the charts. It was one of those weeks and I knew it was the enemy. And I just kept saying, whatever, 
I'm not listening to this. I'm shutting my ears, and I'm just going to focus on God. We have to do that. We have to set aside things, you know, and just seek God when we're going through these difficult seasons. So he died, and Elisha says to his servant Gehazi, take my staff and go to him quickly. Don't stop along the way. Go directly to the boy. Lay my staff on the child. And what did the woman do? She wouldn't let go. She wouldn't let go. She said, I am not going anywhere if you don't go with me. If you don't come with me, I'm not going. Now, for me, if that had been my son and I thought he was going to be resurrected when the staff was laid on his face, I would have been with him. I'm like, in my natural mind, I would like, go. But no, she learned the importance of being with the holy man of God, of being with God. She learned the importance, no, I can't leave his side. I've had things in my life that have happened where I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do this. I'm just going, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek the Lord until I see a change, until I, until I see a shift. So Gehazi goes on ahead. Elisha gets up, and he goes with the Shunammite to where the child is. He's following along. But Gehazi, he takes the staff, lays it on the child, just as the man of God said. But it, the word of God tells us he did not awaken. The child was still dead. It didn't happen. So he went out, met Elisha, and he said the child has not yet awakened. Elisha, he goes into the upper room, and what does he do? He shuts the door. Come on, sometimes we need to go into our room and shut the door. We need to get alone with God. We need to shut the door and, and, and put all distractions aside. We need to hear God's voice for, what does he have for my future? You know, sometimes we go after things on our own, in our own flesh, trying to figure things out. But God said, no, shut the door. Go in and shut the door. I've got a word for you. Elisha goes in. He recognized this was serious. He shut the door. Even when the woman put the, um, the boy on the bed, she shut the door. She didn't tell anybody. She didn't even say to her husband, hey, our son's dead. No, she didn't even tell him. She said, it is well. It's okay. It's going to be okay. So he shuts the door. He lays on the child. Eyes to eyes, mouth to mouth, hands to hands, and the child starts to become warm. Again, sometimes we get so far and things start to shift. Things start to heat up. It starts to become warm. But what did he do? He got back on the floor, paced back and forth. I can just hear him praying in the spirit, praying, God, you said, God, you gave me this woman to come into my life so she could have a child. Father God, you gave the promise. You did the miracle. God, I'm believing for you. God, don't be a God that you would lie. God is not a God that he would lie. He doesn't tease us. He doesn't want to tease you today. He wants to give you the promises. I know that some of you have been through difficult seasons. That is life. But what I've learned through difficult seasons is you keep going back. You don't give up. You hang on to the Father. You keep going until. So finally, he does it again. Elisha, he gets back on the child. And he believes again. The Lord, and then all of a sudden the boy wakes up, 
He sneezes seven times. He's alive. Amen. God wants to resurrect you, your um, promises today. He wants you to believe that God will do it again. He's a God who does it again and again and again and again. You might think God is in heaven and how does he see me? Because God is omnipotent. We can't figure that out. We don't know why he knows what your problem is and what your situation is. And we can't do that, but God is God. God knows everything we're going through. God knows your struggle today. God knows what you're facing. God knows what's in your family. God sees your prodigal children. God knows everything you're walking through. He knows your health issues. But God is a healer. He's our healer. He resurrected the dead boy. Amen. God will do it again. God will do it again. Come on, we have to believe. So, you know, we've been through a lot of things in our walk with God. And I want to just share a testimony today. So our daughter, one day, she comes home, and she's a young woman at the time, still living at home, and I'm cooking dinner, and she stands bef beside me, and she starts to cry, and I'm like, oh, okay. I stop, and I take notice. She said, Mom, I have something to tell you. <sighs> well, if, you, if you're a parent, you know that's probably not going to be so good. I've got something to tell you. And, of course, my mind is racing, and I'm like, oh, okay, I know what she's going to say. Um, but inside, I'm saying, no, shalom, it is well. I'm like, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, she's going to tell me today. Because I know God is a God who will do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask, all I can think, and all I can imagine. I know God has called my daughter. I know that there's a call on her life. doesn't matter what it's going to be because I have a promise from the Lord. I have a word from God so I could say, even though maybe my heart was racing, I could say, it is well. And I remember, you know, the Lord gave us that. Me and my children will serve the Lord. I had to, I was thinking all these things. It's amazing how your brain works and how fast you can think so many things in like a a nanosecond, you know, like you're just like, Ooh. anyway, so she said, Mom, I'm pregnant. I said, oh, okay. I'm like, well, it's going to be okay. Come on, I could have got upset. I could have got mad. We're a ministry, but I'm like, you know what? Stuff happens. Stuff happens. We're not perfect. Stuff happens. She's my daughter. No matter what, I love her. No matter how, maybe in my mind, I might have just been a little disappointed. It's okay. God knows. God knew this was going to happen. So if God knew, he's going to give me the strength to get through it. So it was, it was such a joyful time. I mean, we went through some things as, you know, she prepared to have this child. It wasn't easy. It wasn't a bed of roses. And we had our ups and downs. Of course, she was like, how am I going to do this? And we just, you know, reassured her, we're going to be there for you. We're going to help you through this. This isn't just your burden. We are here to help. God still has a plan. So she had a, an amazing, beautiful daughter. And I love her so much. And God has really blessed us. And I could see even God's hand, even though it might not have been his timing, you know, God used it for good. And she brought so much joy into her life. And actually, 
got our daughter back on track in many ways. You know, sometimes we need it. God gets our attention. God gets our attention. And so anyway, our beautiful granddaughter was born. She grew up. We loved it. You know, Megan moved out, got her own apartment. She was at our house more than she was at her house, which I liked. It was awesome. But as she grew, she was about three years old. And so she went to her father's house for one of her weekly weekend visits. And she was there. Our daughter went to collect her. And the father said, no, you can't have her. I'm not giving her back. I'm not giving her back. So my daughter was devastated. Um, our daughter was devastated. And she's like, what am I going to do? And she called us and, you know, poured her heart out. And I said, we said, we'll call the police. So she called the police. The police came. And they said, unfortunately, because nobody has custody, there's nothing we can do. We can't take her from him because he is her father. There's nothing we can do. So she called her lawyer that week, and he said essentially the same thing. There's nothing that can be done. So they, you know, they got a court date. They went to court, went before the judge, and um, we were hopeful that the judge was going to say, give her back to her mom. But what happens is the judge, which we heard later, wasn't a very good judge, um, was kind of mean. And he said, no, he said, I'm sorry, I'm remanding this for one month. And um, the only good thing that came out of that was Megan was able to see her, but she had to see her under supervised visits. And we're like, this is so unjust. This is so unfair. This doesn't make sense. Why, God, is this happening? And if you knew the father, you'd be concerned. They, we had reason for concern. She wasn't in a safe place. She wasn't in a place where she's going to be cared for the way we would care for her. So we were so concerned. So what did I do? I said, God, I can't, I can't do anything right now. So I went in and I closed the door. And I took three days and I fasted and prayed. And I did not come out of that room for very little. I stayed in that room. And I didn't open the door. I closed the door and I cried out to the Lord. Lord, you said you've given us promises for her. God, you said that you would protect our children, God. We pray to hedge your protection around her. God, this is not good. And I cried out to the Lord and I prayed and I cried. And it was a very hard season. Sometimes, don't you know, when we're praying and trying to receive the promises of God, it's not easy. Come on, our flesh gets in. We don't want to go through this. We don't like adversity. I don't know about you, but I don't like being in that place. But I had nowhere else to go. Just like Peter said, where can I go, Father, but to you? We have no one else but you, God. And I'm looking to you today. And so here we go by the third day. I'm praying and I'm crying out to the Lord. God, I need you to come through. God, we need a breakthrough. God, we need things to shift. And all of a sudden, I just heard the Holy Spirit say, it is finished. So clearly, it's finished. I got up, washed my face, called my daughter and said, I heard the Lord say, it is finished. And she was also praying and fasting. The court date was still a few weeks away. 
But I'm, I'm like, okay, well, it's okay. It's going to be okay because God said it was. When God said it, we will get it. Amen? That's what the Lord showed me. When God, if God said it, we're going to get it. But we have to position ourselves to receive what he has for us. So we, you know, we wait. Our daughter goes to court. And we get there. Or she got there. I was at home. She texted me, Mom, he's not here. The dad's not here. I'm like, oh, great. And, of course, we're thinking, well, it's going to be remanded again because he's not there. So we're just like, no, we have to remember the word of the Lord. We have to remind ourselves what God said. God said it is finished. God said it's good. We're believing for breakthrough. So, again, you know, just went in and really while she was at court, I was praying. Glenn was praying. We were interceding, believing, God, you said it. We're going to get it. We're going to get her back. So he's not there, and the judge comes into the courtroom, and he looks at his lawyer, the father's lawyer, and he says, where is your client? And he looked at him, and he said, well, he's upstairs. And the judge said, well, what's he doing upstairs? Well, he's there on a, a violation. He's, he's in another court appearance. And he's like, what? He said, get him down here immediately. I want to deal with this today. Come on, God wants to deal with things for you today. So, moments later, he walks in the courtroom. And guess what? He comes in in shackles. He's in shackles. And I'm like, my daughter messaged me, he's in shackles, Mom. I'm like, woo, you know. Come on, eh? Come on. Is God good or what? It just happened, so happened. The very day that he remanded the court date for, he was in the, the, another courtroom being charged. The judge said, what's going on here? What is the violation? And he said, well, grand theft. And the, and the judge just like, he was angry. He was angry. And, you know, we pray for justice. Sometimes, you know, even judges aren't that just. Sometimes they just, you know, do what they do, and they really don't contemplate what they're doing sometimes. They're like, oh, this is it. But we, we serve a God who said he's going to bring justice. Amen. So he looked at, at him and he said, you know, today I came into the courtroom and I had decided that I would give you joint custody, which if you don't know, it means half the time her daughter would be with the dad, half the time be with the mom. But he said, because of this, I'm granting full custody to the mom today. Amen. Yeah, we were doing some rejoicing, I'll tell you. We were, and it wasn't easy when she came home. There was a lot of things like she had been through, needed healed from, you know, even at that young age. But God kept her. God watched over her, and God delivered. Come on, isn't God good? God wants to do it for you today. God is amazing. And so, you know, when you taste and you see, it's just like David. He said, I fought the lion. And I killed him, fought the bear. God helped me kill him. This is just a, a, a big giant Philistine. I'm not afraid of him because God was with me when I killed the lion and he will be with me to slew the giant. Amen. To slay the giant. God wants to slay your giants today. 
Amen. God wants to answer your prayer today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what things the Lord has said. But come on, it's not too late. God wants to deliver you today. He wants to set the captives free. He wants to renew your hope today. God is a God of hope. He's a God of love. He's a God of justice. You might say, well, I'm not worthy. Who is worthy? None of us are worthy. None of us are worthy. I come before the Lord daily and say, God, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy to be your servant. I am not worthy for the things you bless me with. But, God, you're so good. And God loves you so much. He knows what you're going through. He wants to deliver you today. He wants to answer your prayers. Come on, would you stand with me? as the worship team comes and leads us in worship today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on, God wants to, he wants to do something in your life today. Are you believing for something today? Are you believing that God's going to do it? He'll do it again. He's a miracle-working God. He's a good God. He wants to bestow upon you great favor. He wants to bless you. He wants to open that door of opportunity for you. God wants to open a new door for some of you today. God wants to open doors for you. He wants to lead you into prominent places. He wants to use you today. God loves you. His anointing is upon you. He wants to give you your heart's desire. Ask him what his desire is for you today. God wants to do it again. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.